suddenly I feel free, suddenly I feel I can breathe again and, and enjoy all those moments. Having received this massive response after Jean-Paul Gaultier's Couture show and just working in the ateliers with all the team men made me love my work even more than I did before. So yes, but again, I will drum on my own rhythm and, and whenever I feel ready to do whatever I have to express, I will do it. It's a kind of luxury I give myself. <laughs> I am Susie Menkes, and you are listening to my podcast, Creative Conversations. As a journalist reporting on the global fashion industry, I want to take you backstage and give you an insight into my world. Listen to my exclusive conversations with creatives, industry leaders, and those whose voices have some of the greatest impact. I think you might find it interesting and maybe intriguing. Fashion never stops, and it certainly hasn't for the Jean-Paul Gaultier brand since the designer bowed out in 2020. He has spent 50 years in the industry, and since then a new concept has been devised, where a different designer has been given carte blanche to produce a couture collection for the Spanish pooch conglomerate. For this Haute Couture Spring-Summer 2023, it was the discreet but acclaimed Haider Ackerman who was given the keys to the atelier with a big challenge as guest designer. Let's hear from the Paris-based Colombian designer and find out how he took the codes of l'enfant terrible of Paris fashion and made it his own. Um, I want to say that it's been such a joy. That collection was so moving and wonderful. And it's been such a joy to recontact with you. I feel so feeble. I don't know, something to do with that um, wretched pandemic. And we all seem to lose touch with each other. So it's a real pleasure for me that we're talking today, even if it's on Zoom. It is a real pleasure because you've been supporting me from the beginning. So it's absolutely lovely to catch up very at this very minute. You've been in business now for over two decades. Now you've just taken on a big challenge. You agreed to be guest designer of Jean-Paul Gaultier for his Haute Couture Spring 2023 collection. Surely, Haider, that's a wild idea. You're chalk and cheese, the antithesis of each other. Or perhaps you secretly complement each other. Tell me. I think that secretly we do complement each other. I mean, I was very surprised when the House of Gautier approached me for this big challenge. I mean, I always wanted to touch haute couture and to flirt with it. There was something that I was very flirtatious about. So to be approached by an haute couture house and to be able to engage in it, it was a massive honor. Jean-Paul Gautier and I are two very, very different persons. He's a very extrovert person. I'm very introvert. He's so terribly generous and charming and laughing. And I'm kind of the opposite of him. But at the same time, due to this whole process, I did spend quite a few times with him and we have much more in common than I would have ever imagined or ever thought uh, in the first place or absolutely love and adoration for women. I mean, he's a man who embraced women, who totally embraced, he's got, a, he's got an absolute love for them and, and so do I. So we find each other immediately there. We, find, we are both passionate about our work. We are both passionate about the fashion industry. We love what it brings. We love the diversity of it. We, we love all the challenges of it. So yes, and then diving into his work, diving the archive, I could find 
all this tearing, the sublime tearing used to do and, and, and making us travel and having this nomadic... I mean, he made us travel with all his shows, even though it was just in Paris. You didn't have to take a flight like nowadays to be somewhere else. You just had to take a few metro stops and suddenly you find yourself with the Eskimos, with Bjork singing. Then suddenly you find yourself with the rabbis. Then suddenly you Indian. So he touched all those cultures and um, they're also in the back of my mind. So oh, yes, we have many similarities together. I think I saw Jean-Paul right from the beginning. I don't believe I've ever, ever missed a show of his. But you presented your first fashion shows, as far as I remember, in the new millennium. It was, wasn't it, a, about 20 years ago? It was 2004, it? yes, 2004. So 2004, and it was very quiet fashion. The models were sort of passing by as if they were blowing in the wind. Very different from Jean-Paul Gaultier. Um, what was your thinking in those early shows? Did you think about nature? Did you think about colour? What, what, what was behind what you did? I was, it was always about quietness. It was about always like standing still and trying to have a moment, trying to capture a moment, trying to have the audience just be focused and, and letting those 12 minutes pass uh, slowly and calmly. Because as I said, you know, the world is really loud and everything is screaming, and even more nowadays than ever before. So just to have this quietness and just this moment of putting all your problems aside and just embracing those girls passing in front of you. I mean, it's embracing also the work from all the petite men, from everyone who's been working, my assistant, every factory. Just stand still for a minute. If we can do that, it's quite beautiful. Looking at your background, it's really pretty extraordinary. You were born in Bolivia, you lived in France, and um, when we first met, you just graduated to the Antwerp Academy. And then I think you went on from there, um, you tell me if I'm right, to um, intern with Jean Galliano. What was it like immersing yourself in high fashion? Was it a struggle? Was it a gentle progress? I always think of you as the antithesis of fast fashion. Would you agree? Was it something slow and beautiful that you did? Yeah, I always have to beat everything on my own rhythm. I, I can't only follow my own rhythm. Uh, you know, I finished school, did some interns. Intern of John Galliano, it's quite, I mean, there you dive really into the fashion and it makes you even more, it makes you even love fashion more than you always already did because entering his world and entering his beauty and all the grace that he has to present that, that he presented us. I wanted to be in, I want to be in the fashion industry, but I can't do it differently than, than who I am and what I am and what I'm coming from. So it had to be on my own rhythm, despite people pushing you in certain direction. Certainly, yeah. Well, of course, you're completely right. I mean, the essence of any artist is to be themselves and not to be somebody else. But you have had some movements in your life that must have changed you. Um, you had your Netherlands moment. Is that a good way of describing it? I, I lived in Holland for quite some years. And from Holland, I moved to Belgium to study at the Academy of Antwerp. So I've been traveling around and my whole views, as we know, it's been Africa and I've been absorbed by this whole continent. So yes, I did move around and all of this translates unconsciously my work because you can only draw who you are or what you are from or what you have been through. So all of this is a part of me. For your presentation during the Haute Couture season in January, you received an ovation. I had tears in my eyes. What did it feel like to be back in the fashion world? I think words fills me what I felt at that very moment. There was something really beautiful in the space. You felt there was so much love going on. There were all the faithful friends of Monsieur Jean-Paul Gaultier. 
You had Katrina Nav, you had Rosalie Palma, you had all these people that have been following for years. And then you had my family, you had Miss Swinton, you had Timothée Chalamet. All those people were there to embrace this very moment and you could feel it. So it, this could only transport us to do something really nice and beautiful. And honestly, I had, been, I had not been seen for two years except for this fila moment. So I was hoping for some electricity and energy and I really wanted to show a moment of grace, a moment to show that I really, really love my job. I simply love my job. And working at Jean-Paul Gaultier and working with all the petites mains at the sixth floor made me love my job even more. I can't express you the love and the affection and the support I got there. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I think we all felt that um, special feeling. I saw that you said about your Jean-Paul Gaultier show. I'm quoting you here. Since garments form a language, they must be surrounded by silence so that the message they carry can be heard. But, I mean, I hate to ask this, but how can you balance the two things of your super quiet spirit and Jean-Paul's love of noise, fashion noise? Couture is what remains when everything else has been forgotten. Is that how you feel? Yes, but I do I do also think that Jean-Paul Gaultier's fashion show has always been very loud. The craziness of the hair, the music, the styling, everything. And sometimes I'm afraid that we forgot the essence of Jean-Paul Gaultier's work, which is a true architect and better maker. And when you see at his first couture shows in 1997, his tailoring is immaculate. So you take everything away and you just see the perfection of his work. And I could see this through diving it into his archive and understand all his work. So this is also what I wanted to bring back, the architecture of the base of his work, which I think was sublime. I'd love to know how you felt right at the beginning. How did you start to approach the work on um, Jean-Paul Gaultier's show designs? Did you head to the archive and see what had happened in so many years in the past? Or did you find it stimulating to work in the couture atelier with the petit main and um, watch what they had doing and what they were capable of? Well, you, you know, those petit men that had been working for years with Monsieur Gauthier himself, so they also transcend and transport the love that they have for him and all the respect. So you just listen to them. It's a dialogue, actually, that you have with them. Or with Monsieur Gauthier, we saw each other privately over dinners. We didn't talk about fashion at all. We talked about everything that matters to us, love and all that, and just... Through conversation, through words, you try to absorb a certain mood and the attitude that he used to give to the models and what he's about. And perhaps I wanted to take all that with me, but in a more silent and quiet way. I want to ask you about the music, because at every show, the music sets the scene. But it was very interesting. I mean, your music was so very important and poetic. There was a, a lot of tension in this, and it was almost silent in places with a sudden hint of a boom, boom from warfare. Were you thinking of this terrible current war? Was that part of your thoughts? Well, it, it was all about a heartbeat. It was all about what moves you, makes your heart beat uh, moves faster. It was all about putting a certain tension. And... I had reached out to Mr. Shavin Ajipur, which is a writer and a singer from Iran, who wrote this beautiful song, Barayé, that I've been listening over and over again. And it was after the revolt of the death of Masha Mini. So 
You know, when we talk about haute couture, we talk about women. We talk about sublimizing women. We talk about our adoration for women. And I could not do all this work and not think about our sisters in Iran. And it was very important for me. It was not a political message to send out that song. It was just a human message. That's all. And I wanted just for a few minutes to stand still about what was happening in Iran. It's interesting that um, you're talking about inspiration and the importance of women, because Madame Grey came into your story. And um, this is from your words, not really that I have understood it. And I'd like to hear more. I know you pointed out to me these looks, 12 and 13, um, that were inspired by Madame Grey. What does it mean? What did you pull out of somebody who was um, very famous but exist from a long time ago. Well, you know, Monsieur Jean-Paul Gaultier is it's a big admirer of Madame Gré as well, so we had a common ground over there. All, much of her work were in his inspiration as well. So, of course, both loving this work, um, I had to put it out there. And just, you know, when you spend hours in the ateliers with the Petite Main and Genevieve and all of them, Fanny, they, they make their pleats and they spend 365 hours just pleating one piece of fabric. And with the, the way they hold their pins, the way they, they, it's just so moving. And it gave me goosebumps again. And it's just so moving. And the fact that you could take the time to spend with them, to look at their work, to look at their gestures, and to look at the perfection of Madame Gray's work. One of the women has been working with Madame Gray back in the days. So it was very interesting to see all the knowledge. And she wanted to, she would like to teach it to other, to other young girls. I mean, this, it's a love affair that should continue. So if we are there to just put the work out there for the next students and generation to come, it would be lovely, yeah. It would indeed. That kind of inspiration is not as crazy as people might think. But they're very different parts of what Jean-Paul Gaultier has done. And often I feel he hasn't been taken seriously enough in terms of what he actually could do to a real haute couture level. And um, one of the Gaultier key strengths is tailoring, which I think we know about, and corsetry. Was this something that you naturally brought to the collection, those two, the craftsmanship of couture, lots of precision? And in that way, I could imagine that you complemented each other, you and Jean-Paul. Yes, I mean, the tearing, the tearing was, some, was a language that we both have. It's both in our dictionary. So it was very easy to always play with the masculine and feminine side. It's been a, a game of Jean-Paul for many years. I touched it as well, so it was very easy to jump on, on, on that path. The course, it was a new world for me, because I always talk about liberation of women, and I always talk about this, but then... Being so body conscious and haute couture, it's about posture. Haute couture is about a suggestion about how you sit, how you stand, how you move. And it's true that, of course, it helps the whole attitude. Suddenly, the model that I'm working for years with, I put a corset and suddenly she was standing straight with shoulders to the back. And I was like, oh, my God. So there is a beauty and there's a grace to find into it which I really embraced. You surprised me on your choice of um, jewellery. The um, artistic director of um, jewellery and watches at um, Louis Vuitton made pieces for the collection. And um, that was another dimension that you brought into the collection. How, how did that come about? Well, you know, I wanted to collaborate. I mean, having this, having this opportunity to work with Autre Jean-Paul Gaultier, I wanted to surround myself with people who are really good on their level and which are very close friends of mine, which I... And I do admire their work. So there was Francesco Amphitheatre on the jury and there was Mr. Francesco Russo on the shoes. It is nice to have a dialogue with a person. It's, I've been always in my little world 
working on my own. And now I have the opportunity to speak with people, to share, to communicate. And so I took all these people around me to collaborate together. And, and that exchange has been wonderful. that you've always had an exceptional, striking um, view on is your colour palette. Their colours so subtle that you can hardly tell them. And yet, when I look at your 36 looks of just now, there were the powdery pastels and, of course, black, plus a few selected hot shades. How do you finesse colours? How do you feel about colour in general? I mean, whether you are... It sounds really stupid, but when you're in love or whatever happens in your life, you want to be more generous, you want to shout out more, you want to stand more straight, you want to, to be seen. So it, it, it often very depends from my mood. But now there was a confrontation between the black because I was thinking of all the ladies in Iran. So there was something that I really wanted to have this very calm moment. And sometimes flashes because... You, you want to be pale pink and you want to shine and, and you want to stand there. There again, it's a dialogue that you have with the people around you, um, how you feel and how you want to be represent, represented on that very moment. I don't know, it's just intuition. Yes, I, I can imagine that. But at, at the same time, you, there are some more, what I would say, practical things, if one can say that. Um, Pooch, the mighty Spanish um, beauty curator and supporter, is the force behind uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Did that play any part in your involvement with um, with Gaultier? Did you know any of them? Were they interested and involved? No. The, the thing which is really um, very generous and very beautiful of the house of Jean-Paul Gaultier, because, I mean, haute couture is something very traditional and very conventional, and the fact that every season they invite a new designer... It's such a clash with what the traditions is about. So they bring it a little bit step further in a kind of modernity. But no one interferes with the work that we have to do or that we would like to do. No one... Jean-Paul Gaultier, Monsieur Jean-Paul Gaultier, wants to be surprised by our work. So he doesn't interfere at all. Even if I tried my mom to talk to him, say, I would like to do this, he would not hear it. He would not hear any word. He didn't see the whole collection until when we saw it on the runway. And if you look at the video, you can see his face. He's surprised and he looks at it and his joy. I mean, he's like a little young kid, um, which was really adorable. But no, no one is involved. It, it's, the house is very generous to give you carte blanche and to us designers to write a love letter to Jean-Paul because that's how I see it. All, each of our collections, whether it's from Olivier or Glenn or Sakai, it's just a love letter to Monsieur Gauthier. I'd like to talk to you about your um, love letter to um, Matilda Swinton. She is one of your front row supporters. She adores your work. She even sometimes models in your shows or on the red carpet for your namesake brand. What is it about Tilda's personality and her whole persona, in fact, that makes her your muse, that you work so well together? We've been friends for 20 years and she's the best play companion I can have. You know, her, first of all, that, that, there's a friendship existing there and there's a true... There's something that we don't talk enough about in our business. It's about the loyalty of friendships. By loyalty of friendship, it's, friendship is immensely important in our business because, you know, we go through phases. Sometimes we're on top of the game, sometimes we're not. But having those companions, which always makes you believe that you're allowed to stand straight and that you're allowed to be out there, as much for her as as much for me, when she's a nervous on the red carpet, she might feel bad in my clothes. 
I might feel better when she... It's just a play game between two friends who simply adore each other and, and stand by each other. And we can only work in this business if we are really well surrounded by friends. It's something that I really would like to talk... When I talk to students, that's surround yourself by friendship because they are your backbone and they are your core in everything. So Tilda is, is one of them and bless her. I mean, you know, the way she... I don't know how to say it in English, but in French, she said, elle se pose sur les vêtements. The, those clothes, those garments are not made for her, but she knows how to translate them. She knows how to make them alive. Elle se pose vraiment sur les vêtements. She has this ability. She's incredible. Well, she is, of course, an actress, and therefore I suppose she is able to transform herself into a different kind of person. And when she's wearing your clothes, and certainly there have been some moments that I will never forget of you two working together. Just going back to um, Gautier, um, it so intrigues me because he was always the enfant terrible. He was always loaded with attitude for his shows. How did you capture that side of Gautier, which I, I, he's a public known designer and we've seen him do so many different collections. Uh, wasn't it difficult to put yourself in his position or maybe it wasn't? It wasn't that difficult to put myself in his position because I'm there to do, I'm, I was there to honour them. I was there at the service of the house. So it is not, it's not that much about me. Um, all I wanted was to honour his work his character and the person that he is and his extrovert person, his generosity, it's, it's nice to look at, it's nice to think, but I, I really wanted to be focused on his work. As you said before, all his shows were so magical and crazy and the madness, but the core of the work was beautiful and that's where I wanted to be focused, not on everything around. I can tell you, the moment I saw the um, list of the shows for this upcoming season, I looked for you. And I looked twice and I suddenly realised that you weren't in it. This, this is just an observation of mine. I'm not criticising you. Is it because you spent so much time on this other extraordinary thing? Or is it that there, you feel there are too many shows these days and that you can express yourself in different ways? Or perhaps you want to express yourself through private orders and presentations and just not be on all the time on that crazy circus? No, for me, it's just the fact that I've been, I've been working for so many so long on my own label and then for a while I had lost my name and I went to a very hard battle to get my name back and um, I just took a break for myself but embraced those collaborations that I did with Fila, that I did with Jean-Paul Gaultier or that I will do with others just to express myself because suddenly I feel free, suddenly I feel I can breathe again and, and enjoy all those moments and that's what I'm taking with all pleasures. Surely I'll be back and surely I, I want to do shows again. I mean, having received this massive response after Jean-Paul Gaultier Couture show and just working in the ateliers with all the team men made me love my work even more than I did before. So yes, but again, I will drama on my own rhythm and, and whenever I feel ready to do whatever I have to express, I will do it. It's a kind of luxury I give myself. <laughs> I want to ask you one thing which I find rather intriguing, and this is this whole idea of gender fluidity. Um, so many women want to wear menswear from your brand that, you know, I sometimes feel that the things that you make could be worn by anyone. They just have to have the mind that's suitable. 
But tell me, is woman's clothes your primary focus or do you think that you might be able to combine the men's and women's and have one gender fluid collection in a couple of years time for all our wardrobes? Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really interested in gender fluid myself. I like when a woman borrows from men's wardrobe, when she borrows from a man. It's much more, again, a question of a love affair that she wants to smell a man. So that's why she was going to put a blazer. She's going to put this big cashmere pullover. It's just a question of coziness. It's just a question of exchange. It's just a question of loving the one next to you. But my first love is woman, and that's that's why I love my job. And 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 Haute Couture made it even more extraordinary than anything else. And no, so that that's my love. And I love to work on men as well. I love the exchange. I love the borrowing. Um, having one collection only for men and women. No. Let let there be love affairs and that people steal from each other. I think that's much more beautiful. <laughs> Is this the story of you? You are great romantic. <laughs> that's what they say. Um, I I don't know. I I just don't know. I I think that um, I think that sometimes we do forget what it's all about and the love and and. Love, it's a massive word. Monsieur Saint Laurent used to, work the, used to write the word love everywhere, but it is such an important word because this is what, this what pushes us forward every day. Whether it's your partner, whether it's your friends, whether it's your, the people who works in the atelier, whether it's people at the cafe in the morning when you go and say hi, it, it's all resonate and that makes us keeping moving forward. So. I think it's a big word. It's a big word and it's wonderful to hear it from you and to see it from you in that beautiful collection. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Haida Ackerman. It was so pleasing to hear you talk about couture in such a poetic way and I can't wait to hear what you have planned to do next. Creative Conversations with Susie Menkes is produced by Natasha Cowan, music by Yer Zuba, graphics by Paul Wallace, and edited by Tim Thornton. To find my articles, visit susiemenkes.com and susiemenkes on Instagram. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please do rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can find me on all the usual channels. Mm-hmm.